G'day, everybody, and welcome to Throwback Thursday on the Legends of League podcast. Anthony Maroon is my name. Thank you for your company. You know about our Legends of League tournament where we get all the old blokes together, all the old legends, and play them in the jump as they became famous. And well, we couldn't do the tournament this year because of COVID-19, but we hope in the future to have the tournament and the podcast all one big old happy family. And we are broadcasting live from our studio at the Four Pines Brew Pub in Manly. The Legends of League tournament will be back, but right now it's the podcast. Thanks to our mates at Manscaped. Manscaped, yeah, we have a brand new sponsor and it's the best in men's below the waist grooming. Everybody is manscaping these days. Everybody's looking after everything down south now. Manscaped's launched in Australia, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. If you're going to go mucking around down there, you want precision, don't you? Uh, We've gone for years without using the right tools for the job, but uh, the Manscaped engineering team has spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, the best in the world. Third generation waterproof trimmer, and this is what it features, a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Like I say, going to go mucking around down there, you want the best instruments money can buy. You want the stuff they do like heart surgery with. That's how delicate it is. Up to 90 minutes of battery life so you can have a longer shave. LED light which illuminates grooming areas for closer and more precise trimming. And a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. Now I've got you interested, haven't I? Uh, We have an exclusive offer for Legends of League podcast listeners as well. Head to manscaped.com and use the LEGENDS20, the code LEGENDS20, to get 20% off and free shipping. So you get 20% off and free shipping. Do yourself a favour. Be one of the first to experience this gear right here. It's life-changing stuff here in Australia. And we've even got this, the ball wipes, which I'm going to have a crack at as soon as I get home. I'll go for a run, then I'll come back and try out the ball wipes. Uh, But your balls will thank you if you fall in love with Manscaped. Now, today we've got a great guest on the uh, show, rugby league journeyman PJ Marsh, who played in a couple of grand finals, played for Para, uh, Warriors, Broncos. He'll be joined by uh, TV legend and all-round good guy, Nathan Heine Hindmarsh. It's coming up on the Legends of League podcast. Well, here we go again, everyone. It's the Legends of League podcast. And once again, thanks, everybody, for your support today. We're joined by a couple of Parramatta legends and, uh, of course, 330 games for the mighty Eels. Here he is, the great Nathan Hindy Hindmarsh. Hello, old mate. Hello, Anthony. Nice to see you. Good to see you, as always. We used to be drinking partners at the world-famous Intersection Hotel at Ramsgate. Yeah, with Daniel Wagon. Yeah. There was many a nights we uh, turned one on, yeah, when we probably shouldn't have, and turned up to training a little bit under the weather the next day, but... Out of sight, out of mind. Everyone else was living close to Parramatta. So yeah. we, we did the right thing and got away from Brian Smith and snuck out there and got pissed out there. Didn't hurt you, mate. You still played 330 games. Yeah, a bit pickled, but um, not too bad. Mm. Yeah. Well, I suppose you're used to that being a boy from the bush. Now, the other one that joins us via Zoom, Yapoon in Queensland. This guy had two stints at Parramatta, also played for the Broncos and the Warriors. Uh, we got back in touch with him when we were having our Legends of League tournament, and he's a great fella. PJ Marsh, nice to finally catch up with you too, old mate. 
Yeah, good to be on. Yeah, nice good to have a chat with some old boys. You sound pumped, Peter John. You sound really pumped. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, <laughs> mate. I am. No, it's always good to have a chat with some old football boys and old mates, so it's good. Mate, you know what's – soon as you came on, um, you know uh, – Heidi made the comment about how well you look, and you do. You, you only look 30 years old. And then I said to you, mate, you knocked it on, on the head pretty young. You, you, although you played for four clubs, what, you're out of there by about 30? Yeah, oh, look, obviously, you know, being a little man in the, a big man's game, it, it took its toll on my body, and and I ended up, uh, yeah, retiring uh, medically, I suppose. Um, my back and the neck end up getting the better of me, so I just had to – had to pull a pin. I wanted to be able to walk around at this age, so, yeah. You, it's funny, PJ, like, Hindy, they love taking the piss about him because he never won a grand final, but I don't know too many people that played 17 Origin games, won Dally M second row of the year about half a dozen times, 330 NRL games. Mate, what was it like playing footy with him? Oh, look, you know, I'm not here just to rack him up massive, but... Hindy yeah, you are, Pej. That's why we got of, you on. <laughs> He was one of those players that uh, you always felt confident when he was playing. It's like, it's all good. We've got Nate playing, you know. Um, he very rarely missed games, so it was that was always good when I was there. You know, I loved playing with him. He's, um, he always gave it for the 80 minutes. And, you know, people can, you know, I know a lot of younger people see him now as the, the sort of jokester and on the Matty Johns show and things like that. But... Look, mate, he's an unbelievable player and, and I think that sometimes some of the younger generation probably don't realise how good he really was. I, I personally think he's probably one of Parramatta's um, all-time greats. So. Oh, thanks, Peach. Yeah. I know you're lying because I can see that vein in your neck getting bigger and bigger. So <laughs> <laughs> That was hard to push you out. But you know, Peach played, you played Origin. We played Origin against each other, didn't we? Yeah, we certainly did, mate. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe 02 or 03, maybe. Yeah. Up yeah, you were Queenslander, of course. So yeah, that was um, that was good to play Origin against Page. But he was, I think, um, the reason why PJ retired hurt with injury and all that type of stuff because he was for someone who wasn't a big man, he he put his body on the line and he would come out of line and put shots on. He was um, playing with Page was a great. Um, he know, he knew when to lift the side. Yeah, you know, you know, and Page probably didn't get the raps he deserved. He was an outstanding dummy half, could play a bit of six or seven, but he was. He was a great player to play with. He brought a lot of energy, and I enjoyed playing with Peach. And he was a bit of a rat bag too back in the day. So, mm. all nice now, though. Peach, aren't you, hey, mate? He was. Uh, Peach did like <laughs> oh, to go out and enjoy himself after a game every now and then in the early days. But he's he's calmed down now, like we all have, and um, he's living his life in Yapoon, where we used to. Did you ever do the um, the preseason training camp at Yapoon? Were you involved in those? Yeah, we were involved. I, I think I came. Yeah, came here once, mate. I believe yeah. I, I was here once. Yeah. Yeah, they were good. They were good trips too. They were outstanding trips. They, at Yapoon. they certainly were, mate. They certainly <laughs> were. Hey, uh, you blokes. Yeah, yeah, and and he's right. Heine's right. PJ. I mean, we don't want to sell you short on what you achieved because I think people don't really recall you playing in that Origin side. And the two thousand and one Grand Final, you played for Para, and then you played another Grand Final for the Warriors, but. Grand finals back-to-back, back, but sadly you're on the losing end both times. But let's start with that 2001 grand final against the Knights, Heine, because that's the game that they all said. This is a game Parramatta should never have lost. So you you rip in, Heine. PJ, yeah. you join in whenever you think. It was it was like that's, – that's the one that hurts. That's the one that sucks the most. It really – it honestly does. And it's – you know, you, you can't look at the vision of that one because we were the – looking – I can say we were the better side all year because we were on, on, on stats and on the, on the competition table, but – uh, just had a really off night, an off 40 minutes to begin the game. Full credit to, I'm going to say full credit, I'm going to say to Newcastle. They, they did an outstanding job and they 
they played that 40 minutes, you know, the best 40 minutes I've seen in a long time from a footy side and they just got the jump on us. You know, 10 minutes more, we could have been our game, but unfortunately it wasn't to be. I do a lot, I do blame a lot on Andrew Ryan. Uh, I did put him over the try line. Uh, Steve Simpson came up with this. Held up. Yeah. Held up. This marvellous tackle from Steve Simpson. But Bob Cat, all he had to do was put the ball down. It could have been a different game. That was early on too, I think. And a few shit passes from me. Uh, didn't quite hit Luke Burt. And it was just an off night. But uh, that season playing with those boys, it was it was one of the best seasons we've ever had. We had a ball off, you know, off the field. We were confident in each other's ability on the field. And every game we went out, we just knew we were going to – and this is going to sound a bit silly – we knew we were going to beat teams until, obviously, the grand final. Yeah, but yeah. it, was a, it wasn't – I think we lost our first game of the year. I think we may have lost the first one, drew the second one, uh, lost the first, set third one and drew the next one. After I think there was a couple of draws early on. And then from there, we just went, see you later. And, mm. um, you know, players like Jamie Lyon, Paddy Richards, Michael Butner um, – they all had a, a fair bit to do with it. And it, was a, mm. it, was, it was a good season, shit ending, but a good season. PJ, what about you, mate? You, you, you arrived to, you know, young man, you're playing for Parramatta. That's your first grand final of the two you played in. So you run out onto ANZ Stadium, there's 84,000 people there. How does it feel? Uh, you know, as Heidi, I'm a country kid myself. I'm from a little town, Blackwater, and although you always want to do things like play in the NRL and you always want to do special things, it doesn't really hit you until you're there. And I must admit, uh, I really did soak it up. I remember walking out there in front of that many people. It was it truly was amazing having all my mates back home and all those people that believed in me that I could get there. Uh, finally, sort of in a way of repaying them. But 2001, it, w- it was amazing. I, I really, I was on the bench. I, I, I know Jason Taylor was, you know, outstanding all season. But towards the back end of the year. I, I really thought I'd done – I'd never said it to too many people. I really thought I'd done enough to even get a starting spot maybe. It was uh, – I got me in the match in the semifinal versus the Broncos, um, the major semi. But, look, it wasn't to be – the game was well and truly gone by the time I got on. There, there was It was literally gone. It would have been an absolute miracle uh, could we have won even when I get on. But to this day – it's still one of the best games I, I believe I've ever played uh, in the amount of time I got on the field. I, You know, you get the, the old rugby league ratings in the newspaper the next day and uh, it's probably the best score I got. I got an eight, mm. you know, from a losing side that I, and I only played, you know, probably I think maybe 10 minutes of the first half and then I'm pretty sure I might have played the entirety of the second and, yeah, you know, a bit of a humble brag. I set a few tries up. I put Jamie Lyons over for one and, and to play against a side like that in front of that many people, and even playing on the big stage, it was truly amazing. Mm. How did Jeez. it? How did it be, to me. fellas? And and Heidi, absolutely sucked yeah. ass that game. But mate, this is the thing: like <laughs> your your colleagues at Fox are always taking the piss out of yeah. you. Yep. And I don't. I actually don't like. You played played three hundred and thirty games. You played seven. To, you played twenty something games for Australia. Why don't you tell them to go and get? Well, if I told them to go and get, you know what? I think we'd all be out of a job. Right. You know, we, we go back to the well. It's always going back to the well, Maroon. Yeah, take the piss out of Heine. He's yeah. not winning a premiership and, and his body weight. So, but that's that's kept us going for, what, six, seven years. Yeah, so that's we'll, life, we'll, isn't it? Yeah. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll Should run it till it's dry. Origins too. Oh, uh, mate. But jump in there. With Heine, with his origin, uh, I took back in the day, I remember what Queensland done 
we would always keep Petro sitting in the server and we kept Steve Price and players like that around for maybe one or two years longer than they should have been there. But they were there to uh, develop the younger players like Matt Scott and that mm. were coming through. So by the time they actually did bow out, they'd played two or three Origins or been in camp four or five times. New South Wales at the time were just... Yeah. Uh, someone's playing a little bit better than Hindy. Let's get rid of him and bring him in. And it was, I hated it because at the end of the day, the biggest thing for me is I support uh, players rather than teams. And, you know, I'm a big fan of Hindy and I just felt like he should have been there for a, a, at least another two seasons to develop those younger forwards that come in at that time. And, and it showed on the paddock. New South Wales were, were terrible for a number of years. You know? We needed so, to do something. So, and that's that was why, that you know, just trying to fix. It was always going to be hard beating yeah. the Queensland side like like they had for yeah. that uh, dominating years, but they just had to try it, something. They were trying anything. They just got rid of us, mate. You know? Yeah, but that's it you know was, it was like well you've had your time, you've won a few Origin series. It was time yeah. to you know and it was trying to do something to stem the flow of losses, and mm. you know they were chopping and changing mm. weekend. I think Brad Fittler's come up with a with a smart game plan now for, through Origin in re, you know in regards to what the type of player he wants, what attitude he wants. So that seems to make a difference. Also the fact that mm. there's no. Cooper Cronk, no Jonathan Thurston, no Cameron Smith. That's that's, that's gonna that's gonna yeah, help us. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> does help. Yeah. Uh, hey PJ, how did it come to be that you had two stints at Parramatta? Well, we pissed him off the first time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Managed to make it weasel me way back there. Yeah. Look, in two thousand and three, after what I'd consider a really really strong season for myself personally on the field. Uh, played Origin and a few other things. And two, uh, might have been 03. I think they might have been going on a kangaroo tour, Hindy, possibly at the end of 03, it might have been. And I was playing really well. And Denny Badiris was the number one hooker, and he was always going to be the Australian hooker. But they normally take one or two players um, to cover the position. I thought I'd be half a chance. But after, I think, nine games into the season, uh, playing against Parramatta, uh, funny enough, uh, two days after Origin, I um, fractured my neck. And what they consider a crusher tackle these days, I have got some footage of it. And, you know, a lot of people are like, well, what's the crusher tackle? Why is it so bad? But uh, if they ever look at, want to see why a crusher tackle is so dangerous, I'll show them why. I've got the footage and I'm surprised my head's still on. Um, it bet that far forward. And, um, yeah, that was two years out of the game. I was told I'd never play again. And uh, I just wanted to come home at the end of that stint. And I came back to Sydney where my uh, wife, um, was from and I remember Craig Cataract, a good friend of mine, just said, "Mate, have you considered playing again?" And I said, "Look, I've been given the all clear by doctors to play if I wanted, but I'm not sure if I want to. I'm a bit scared, a bit worried. Uh, first bub on the way." And I remember going down to training, and uh, at the time, I knew it was always easier for me to lose weight than put it on. And, uh, <laughs> so I'd been bulking. I'd been bulking <laughs> with KFC and cho- chocolate cake uh, for about six months at least. And I was about 92 kilograms, um, and I struggled big time. But that's how I got back there. I just started training with Craig Cataract in the off-season, mm. and Hayden Knowles was helping me a little bit. And, yeah, before I knew it, I, I ended up signing a contract with um, the Eels just on a one-year deal to see how I'd go. I'm just thinking, PJ and Heine, like um, that whole na- naughty's era, for Parra, a very successful era, but some of the crazy bastards were there, weren't there? Daniel Wagon, Finchie was there for a time. Uh-huh. Tim yep. Smith was there for Riddell. a time. Yeah, um, <laughs> like, Piggy Riddell. Yeah, Piggy. Piggy Riddell. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. So and he created a lot of shit, Piggy. 
Eric yeah. Growth Jr., who wasn't crazy but loved a beer. Uh, yeah, did he? Oh, wow. well, you know what? I've never seen. I, I don't. Really. I don't even think I've ever seen Guru yeah. drunk. To be honest with you, uh-huh. he, he talks uh, it up. Uh, yeah. He was quite a. You think he's a bit of a wuss? <laughs> I thought he was a bit more. You know, he'll go to the pub, have two or three, and then he he spent most of his time disappear, disappearing, chasing chasing yeah. the, the the females. Hey, so the ladies. Wrong so, with that. And he's a good he's a good looking rooster guru. Yeah. So he did all right with the ladies back in the day. Um, so you guys would have partied pretty. Yeah, we had, we had our local haunts, you know, the Royal Oak Hotel, which is no longer there in Parramatta. Yep. We've had some really good mad Mondays in there, some really good nights. And that was that's the thing I used to love too about, you know, playing in Parramatta or playing at Parramatta was the Royal Oak Hotel. Our early days, after a game, we'd all just go back to the Royal Oak Hotel. There'd be punters in there. You'd just be having a beer. Everyone would be minding their own business. There was no, there was no shit going on. There was no need. No one would be asking for photos and doing stuff to try and catch you out. It was just, it was just a, a, a pub. You know, probably as, as big as this, and it was chockers, and everyone was just having a good time. And mm. I, I, I really love those memories of, of back there playing with Parrot the, and going back to the Royal Oak. But now, light rail's gone through there, so yeah. the pub's pub's gone. Yeah. What about you, yeah, PJ? Bit ordinary. Yeah. Look, they were great times. Uh, look, on the Eric Grove thing, you know, so. Mate, I tell Eric Grove stories every other day of the week when they talk to me about <laughs> old footballs. I, I, mate, there's some great ones. I still remember the day he disappeared after a mad Monday. When he got named in the, uh, I'm pretty sure the Australian, the Australian side. Mate, he got, na- he got named in the Australian <laughs> side, and he's, he's just doing the, yes, awesome, and he's going it's to me, it's awesome, PJ. And then he goes, because I was the only sober one there. I think it was, you know, a few years earlier, I'd uh, pulled the pin on drinking, but, um, and he's, he's Yahoo and how awesome, and he goes, I'll be back in a minute. I'm just going to the toilet. And no one's seen him for three days. Yeah, <laughs> turns his phone, turns his phone <laughs> off. Yeah. Well, well, he said to me, he goes, mate, no one's going to stuff my off-season up. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's how he was. Well, he did it with Origin as well. Right. He turned up the Origin and, and faked an injury yeah. today. He didn't have to play Origin. Right. Um, there was times he wouldn't go to – he wouldn't – he barely travelled to New Zealand to play the Warriors. Yeah. Well, I think one day oh, he went home and – One day yeah. I think he went home and kicked his toe on purpose as hard as he could. Oh. Went, oh, I can't play. <laughs> so he didn't have to go to New Zealand. Yeah. He, I remember the beat test up in the gym. He'd run and then at one end, he just ran out good. of the gym Kept down going. the stairs. And Hayden, <laughs> Hayden Knowles goes to me, PJ, can you go and check what's wrong with Guru and tell him to get up here? I go down to the sheds because he's walking out the sheds going, oh, this, like something's really wrong. And he just walked down the stairs into the change rooms and I go down there and here's Eric sucking on a power aid. And I go, mate, Hayden wants to know what's up. Mate, are you all right? And he goes, Mate, I'm not doing that shit. I'm a winger. Yeah. I don't need to do fitness. <laughs> he, but he hated, he hated training, didn't he? He hated training. He hated game uh, day. I think a lot of the yeah. there was a lot of pressure on him because of what his old man did. Yeah. And I don't think he was yeah. – he didn't really like that too much. You know, he'd, you'd, you'd go to games and someone would yell out, oh, you know, you're a great player, junior, but your dad's heaps better. Yeah. And he just got sick. He yeah. got sick to the <laughs> death of hearing that. But he liked his music. Guru was more yeah. into his music. Paid his bills. Paid his, yeah, uh, that was pretty much. Yeah, he, he was, was a he was, was a musician that played rugby league, league and yeah. that's and that's how he looked. But he he was great to have around. Like we after a game, we'd oh, we'd come off after a game, and Guru and I'd be standing there going, "Yes, it's another seven days before we have to play again." Because we, <laughs> I, I just the nerves of game day were sh- shit. Yeah, we, right. I hated game day. Hated it. You did get nervous, didn't you? Yeah, I, I didn't like it. Why, did mate? I? Why? What happened? What was this all about? I didn't like feeling tired and you knew you couldn't – because you can't stop. You have to keep pushing through that and pushing through that pain barrier of physical exhaustion. That's what I hated the most. And the the expectations – and every player gets it. The expectations of having to produce a a 10 out of 10 game or whatever. But, yeah, I I didn't like game time. I could be a professional trainer. I love going to training, hanging out with the boys, staying fit, all that type of stuff. But 
yeah, came game day and I just, you know, you'd sit there, you'd wake up in the morning going, righto, do I eat what I ate last week because I played okay? Yeah. Oh, have I drunk enough water? Do I sleep? Oh, jeez, I'm tired. No, don't sleep because you didn't sleep last week. Um, you keep looking at your watch, you're going, oh, kids, stay out of my face, get out of me, get the get the kids out of the house, I'm, I'm losing my shit type of thing. And it was just, the game day absolutely sucked until yeah. you were driving back past Macca's after a game you duck into there to get a, bit, oh. a couple of cheeseburgers and you go home and you lie on your lounge. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, you were very good. But I'll give it to Heine, but look, he was very good at pushing uh, through that pain barrier. And that's, you know, I, I myself hated losing anything to do with training. And Heine, uh coming to do the beat test, I'd always roll in early just to watch to see who I've got to beat. If just, for instance, if for some reason someone had done something special, the outside backs normally didn't get too much, but... I ended up having, I'd always get put with Hindy and he'd always just be a step or two in front of me looking like he's going to fall over and die at level two. Yeah. But then Liam was second win, mate. Second win. He's still running the same. Mm. He's just got that, uh, his pants halfway down. He's got his cheek, ass crack hanging out. And I'm thinking, <laughs> he's got to die soon. He's got to die soon. I, I can't let a front row slash second row beat me. Second row slash front row, mate. There was, there was one time, remember we went to Jindabyne, cracking back. So we went down there yes, to Jindabyne for a um, for a preseason camp, a couple of days. So the first day we get there, beep beep test it was right. So we are doing the beep test. PJ and I finished the same level fourteen two it was, right. That's all done for the day. Yeah, let's go get on the piss. So we just got gone big night, huge night. So we didn't yeah. think there was anything happening the next morning. Righto, boys, up you get. Here we are. You're going to start off bottom of Mount Crackenback. You got to run to the top. Oh. But this is how you're going to take you've had off. A, you had a belly full or not? Belly full or not before. And this is how you're going to take off. If you can, whatever your beep test score was, the higher you got, the further back you started. So PJ and I both took off last together, and I'm hung. I'm, I'm like I'm crook as a dog. I'm not wanting to do anything. I'm fresh as a day, just so I let you know. That. Yeah, <laughs> Paige wasn't drinking, so that's 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 great. So I'm thinking to myself, come on, I'm, so I'm Paige, just hang with me for a while, and then you know, just go do your thing. Yep, righto. Yeah, sweet. Take off. PJ's gone. Up the first hill. I'm there by myself. Head noise, demons going, oh, I can't, I can't do this. It was it was the worst day of my life. I came last by, I think Mickey Vella, who I could see Mickey Vella in the distance up the hill. And he kept turning back watching me. So every time I walked, he'd walk. He'd walk. Yeah. And so I could never catch him because then he'd, I'd start running and go, shit, I've got to run. And I, could ne- I couldn't catch Got to the top of the hill and our, our gear should old Tex. He was filming me. Oh, yeah. He was filming. I'm crawling up the hill because if you stood up too quick up this hill, you had to crawl. Yeah. You'd fall backwards. Crawl. That's how steep it was. So I'm crawling up there, and he's mm. filming. Got the camera in your face. And I just said, "Fuck off, Tex! You fucking pain in the ass. Stick <laughs> the camera up your ass." I was, I was filthy. Well, how, filthy. How how long did it take from the bottom to the top? And remembering, of course, well, you're either hungover or still half pissed. Three days. I think it took me. About, yeah, I was about to say the funniest thing about it all was is the first sort of maybe. 800 metres was through the bushes, and I thought it was just like a bit of a country, cross-country yeah. run. So I'm absolutely just <laughs> flying through the bushes. We've taken off last. I'm thinking, how hard is it going to be to catch these boys? But I'm, I'm thinking, I'm flying. The trees are flying by. And then the very first person that took off may have been someone like, you know, Peggy Dell, I can't remember. but Someone look, fat and slow. We're flying through. Yeah, and I've come out the other side, bang, and I've looked to the left. They've gone it's that way, Peter, and I've looked up, and – the oh. first people that took off were only halfway up the hill. The first hill, so it looked yeah. like they were only like about 200 metres away. But then I realised once you get on that hill, I just up it, bounding up it for about 10 steps. And then I realised, hang on, this hill's about maybe a kilometre long. And I was wondering why they were only just there. But you just you just couldn't Good, catch it. Couldn't catch it, no. It was that steep. And how long do you reckon oh, it, it took terrible. you, mate? 
Oh, look, it was well over an hour around. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the last the, the last hill was a crawl. I remember going past one of the other trainers, um, Alan Wilson, and I'm doing that. Oh, yeah, finished. And he goes, PJ, what are you doing? You've got to go up that hill. And he's pointing over to the side, and I've looked up, and, mate, it was actually like – yeah. there's, bo- there's, boys, there's boys bear crawling up, and you, that's what you think. You think. I'm going to catch these blokes here. And you get up, and you're 10 steps up, and you go, shit. well, no, nah, I'm not catching these guys. Yeah. They were sitting on the hill, and I'm thinking, that bloke took off like – what, 20 minutes before me, he's just there. But he couldn't catch him. <laughs> mm. Hey, uh, boys. That no, was amazing. What about this um, this current Parramatta crop? They're good. Well, they're good to watch, aren't they? Some teams are good to watch. They're good to watch. How far can they go, do you reckon, Hindy? Uh, they're like, they, I can't see why they can't go all the way this year, to be honest with you. I thought they learned a, yeah. they learned a big lesson last year going down to Melbourne after you know they pumped bron- the Broncos in that semi and then went, had to go to Melbourne and play Melbourne down there. So I think they learned a lot there. Um, but a hiccup last week, or the against um, against the Dragons the other week. But I can't see why they can't go all the way. They're going to have to put in a good performance to win it, because um, you've got sides like Penrith, Melbourne, and the Chooks still there. I reckon they'll be they'll be up there as well. But um, their forwards are outstanding. Forwards are going real. Well. Junior Paulo, Regan Campbell, Gillard. Um, you know, Marnie, uh, uh, the hooker there. I think he's improved his defence a lot yeah. this year. He's not trying to do everything, but his his, his tackle effectiveness is is improved. And your halves. You know, I think they've worked out who the big dick is in there. So between Gutho yeah. and Mitchell Moses, I think they've worked out, right, we know our roles now. We don't have to be the big dog in at school and they just do their job and they do it well. But um, I can't see why they can't go away. I'm really, they're really exciting to watch. I think they've they've got a few more fans back this year. I know my kids have started watching the Eels again. They, mm. they got off them for a while, but they're, they're back in there watching the Eels, which is good to see. They actually sit on the lounge and watch it now. Um, but they're going well. They're, going, they're doing good. Brad Arthur's done a great job with them. Yeah. BJ? Oh, look, I think they're, yeah, I think they're half a chance. They, uh, the thing about teams like uh, Parramatta, Melbourne Storm, and probably Penrith, when other sides are playing really, really well against them and they come off at half time, they're only down by sort of eight points, probably maybe 10 or 12 at the absolute most. But yet the commentators and everyone's raving about how well the opposition's playing. Whereas when Parramatta play really well or Melbourne play really, really well, they come off at half time, they're up by 20 or 30. Uh, and I think that, um, you know, Parramatta, Penrith and Melbourne, they just haven't been flogged this year, which that's a premiership side. You know, I remember Wayne Bennett used to always say, you know, win a premiership, you've got to average, I think it was something like as low as eight points or 12 points scored against you. And I think that those three sides, they really do both sides of the, you know, defence and attack really well. So I, I think that, yeah, they're definitely a chance, mate. I, I think they're halves, like Hindy said, bit of a plug there for the ball player, mate. Um, <laughs> but they've got a ball player, but they've also then got a running half, which is really good in Dylan Brown. I think that he, he can take it to the line really, really well. But then you've got the other boys that they, they will put guys in holes, like Gutho will throw a nice ball. And Whereas, you know, you look at players like um, teams like the Dragons where they've, they've got both running halves. Uh, like, who's going to be your ball player? You know, they're both running the ball to the line and I think that Parramatta have got the, the, the right mix in the front rows, their forwards. They're, just, they're relentless and they've actually got a bit better ball security these days, I think. Hey, uh, what is ball player, by the way, PJ? Oh, Someone that stays at home and plays with their balls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably, mate, yeah. One of those yeah. Behind, so, so high, high much. Nathan, high yeah, much. yeah, pretty much these <laughs> days, yeah. Hey, look, 
Hey, this, Takes two hands. I actually sent. Hey, this week I actually sent um, a shirt out to Gordon Tallis, a ballplay shirt actually. So hopefully he'll um, wear it around and give me a bit of a plug. Four XL. Just a brand I came up with a thousand years ago. But well, mate, it was a two XL and they're large shirts. So I'm hoping it's <laughs> so, good. Well, Heidi, mate, you got to pay. Heidi wouldn't get out of bed if I, got, you know, for anything under that five grand. So I'm not. A, I can't sponsor Heidi. I'd give him a shirt, but mate, he would never wear it. Well, kids wear it. You gave me one of the bloody Legends of League. <laughs> Hats, you get the hats. Oh, the no, kids are wearing the hats. What did you do to it? Kids what, have got the it. Dog sleeps on it. No. <laughs> oh, the kids, they actually wear it. kids wear all. Kids got thousands of hats. Mm. They just chop and change all the time. Mm. So, so hundred percent. PJ, you're up there living in your poon. Why? What are you doing? Yep. Yeah, look, I'm doing what I've always dreamed of doing. I'm uh, pretty much a youth worker, but I look after. I'm at my old school, St Brendan's College. Uh, I actually live there at the moment uh, with my family. I've got one boy here at the school, but St. Brendan's College is, I'm probably a bit biased, it's my old school, but one of the best rugby league schools in Australia. Um, they, they've, uh, so I'm a boarding parent. We look after a year seven dorm. Uh, I, uh, I do that uh, with Scott Minow, actually, another rugby league mm. legend up this way. So Scotty and I, we look after the year sevens and uh, I also do uh, teacher aid and make uh, at school at St Brennan's College two days a week, which is um, really good because I used to work with an organisation called Headspace. They were mental health for um, for teenagers between 12 and 25. But, uh, you know, that was a little bit more challenging. I think this is really uh, sort of a bit more directed towards the rugby league stuff and mentoring young men. So it's really good. It's an all-boys school and... Uh, like I said, I went to school here, so it's, um, it's a really good fit for me. And, yeah, that's what I'm doing these days. I wonder what um, – and you, you give us your thoughts here too, Heidi, but PJ, I wonder you as a Queenslander and you did have a stint at the Broncos and you mentioned Scott Scott Minto before. I wonder what you blokes think of what's going on at the Broncos at the moment. Oh, you go, oh, for, you go first, Peach. Yeah. Look, it's a tough one. Heidi, you would be the same. Being an ex-NRL player, you always get asked what's wrong, what's wrong. Because we've got a state league side here, the Capitals as well, mate. And every year we continue to – well, CQ in general and Rockhampton continue to produce unbelievable rugby league players. But yet our state league side is almost bottom of the table every year. It's because I always think – and I always say that the thing with the – the junior development stuff here in CQ is the fact that, you know, clubs don't have faith that we're going to look after their players. So they'd rather take them down and play for Kellyville Bush Rangers if they're a Panthers player in the under-19s rather than leave them here to play state league, which is a little bit disappointing. But when it comes to the, the Broncos stuff, oh, look, mate, I, I really haven't got too many answers. I know that most clubs, when the head coach has full control, uh, tend to do a lot better. Brian Smith... When he was in charge, I don't care what anyone says, I, I believe Brian Smith's probably the best coach I ever uh, was coached by, uh, regardless of people's skills and stuff like mm. people say he didn't get on with it. When it comes to rugby league, he was by far the best coach, and I was coached by Wayne Bennett and plays that. Wayne was very good at managing young men. But at the moment at the Broncos, you know, I, I, I tend to worry whether Seeds uh, good mates with Anthony Seaver, whether he has full control because uh, a bloke like Darius Boyd, unbelievable football player, he's got a rap like a sheep, you know, the accomplishments as long as anyone. But he wouldn't be in any other club's top 25, but yet he's in the Broncos 
team. I, I don't see Ooh. how that's even possible. Ooh, mm. Oh, jeez. Shit, so, look Controversial. Um, Stick it in. Oh, look, mate. Yeah, look, I, like I said, Boyd, I just find that uh, every week, mate, they're moving in position to position. Yeah. Why have we not, you know, why have they not stuck with a young guy like Osaka that's a goal kicker? Yeah, look, safety-wise hasn't, you know, but he can learn, he can work on that. And he's only going to get better by being in the side. More time, yeah. Not by tackling, not by tackling, tackling bags at training at the moment, which is what he'd be doing. Well, um, Hein... Oh, sorry, yeah. PJ, but uh, you bring no, you bring that thing up about tackling and that the last 15, 20 minutes of their game, Hindy, yeah. it's just, wow, they, it's like they're just falling there, off there's tackles. Obvi- there's obviously something going on up there that we don't know about. We only know what we mm. see and read in the paper and all that type of stuff we see on the TV. And we're quick, to, we're, quick, we're quick to jump on. We're quick to jump on and give them a yeah. bit of a kick in the guts because we've seen the Broncos being a powerhouse side since, since I can remember. They've always been up there, the pointy end, yeah. and now that they're struggling, it's just an excuse for us to give it to them, I think. But there is obviously something going on. Like, if Melbourne all of a sudden were sitting last, you know, we'd be trying to find, come up with reasons why they're so shit, you know? So that's, it's just what it is. I think it's, um, it's a bit of a, I suppose, whether it's coaching, whether it's players' attitude, but I think a lot of these younger players these days anyway have got a bit of a, um, need a bit of a harden up lesson as well and a bit mm. of, you know, I think they're a little bit too easy. Oh, how would I say it? How, what's the word I would use? Pampered? For young players. They just can't get – they can't seem to get through the hard stuff. Yeah, right. You know, I don't think they've been coached to get through the hard stuff because they been, they've been pissing in their pocket since they yeah. were 16 years mm. of age and everyone thinks yeah. they're the world's best yeah. players. So going back to what PJ mm. was saying about Brian Smith, you know, a lot of – he coached – he coached me, he coached, you know, PJ obviously, and he would – if you you would just you would just know what you did wrong before you came off the field because you knew by a video session on Tuesday morning you would get your ass handed to you, and that's that's how it was learnt, you know. And I know a lot of people are going to disagree with this, but he treated everyone equally. Didn't care if you were Dean Paid, Joe McCracken, Jim Dimmick, or PJ Marsh, Nathan Hobbs. You you were the same. It wasn't this. Oh, I can talk to him like this but I can't talk to player B like that yeah. I've got to I've got to softly softly approach him see I'm and that's when I was captain I, I struggled to do that I struggled to talk to players individually I did you're one in all in you know if, if you were shit you were shit I was going to tell you you were shit and you played like shit but then I had players come up to you oh I really wouldn't like you, the way you talk to me in front of the teams like that I'm going oh god times have changed times yeah, have changed yeah. so and I think that's that's a bit of the reason I think we're I think they're a bit I soft. Reserve grade games with, I played reserve grade games with Dean Pay and um, Gary Larson because Brian Smith wasn't afraid to just say, hey, you're going back to reserve yep. this week, mate. Mm. Bye. And back in the day at the Broncos, I can tell you now, this wouldn't have happened because Wayne had total control and they just he would have just said, I'm sorry, mate, you missed three or four tackles there. Bang, we've got another guy that will come in this week that won't. PJ, um, yeah. good to catch up with you, mate. Nah, it's a pleasure, mate. Like I said, I love talking a bit of footy and a bit of, bit of shit. Obviously, mm-hmm. Hindy there, none better than Hindy to talk a little bit of shit. Oh, with. I talk shit. And I tell you what, because <laughs> you've you've got the ball player brand and the ball player T-shirt, we've got a new sponsor, Manscaped, uh, and I am going to personally send you some ball wipes from our friends at Manscaped, okay? So you can get around with the ball player shirt on, no pants like Porky Pig, and if you need a wiping, you'll just go with the uh, the ball wipes that I sent you from Manscaped. Good to catch up, PJ. 
No, it's a pleasure. Thanks a lot, guys. Good to see Talk you, Blackwater Darrow. Take it easy. Some clippers here too. You can trim up those cags of yours as well, you hairy little man. Please. Yeah. Robinson Rock Trail. Mate, you Blackwater Darrow. You know it. You know it. Heine, uh, as usual, you are brilliant. Thank you, mate. And we'll catch you on Fox League. Yeah, you will. Good. Yeah. I was confused. What well, you're still there, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, there's no there. It's a lot, lot of costs Am I cutting. And, and, what day yeah. is it today? <laughs> well, that's the media, isn't it? Well, that's it for another week. Thank you so much once again to our brand partner, Four Pines Brewing Company. Give them a follow on social media at Four Pines Beer or check out the website fourpinesbeer.com. They're doing some great things during COVID. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the Legends of League podcast so you never miss an episode. You know what we're doing. We need your support as well. Or you can leave us a review. Uh, see all the best bits and the big announcements too on social media at Legends of League Oz. Legends of League AUS, that is. And we'll see you next time on the Legends of League podcast. <laughs>